John 4, 21 through 26, it says, Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me. He didn't even give her a name. He titled her woman. He said, Believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet in Jerusalem. He's talking to the woman at the well. Worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship. Everyone say truth. Jesus said, You Samaritans, you don't know what you're worshiping. We are the Jews. We know who we worship. Jehovah God. But he said, even though we have truth, I want to give you even a greater truth. He said, for, the salva for salvation is of the Jews. That is true. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit. Everyone say spirit. And in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. I want to preach to you just for a short few minutes on this holiday about balance, the beauty of balance. Amen. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Jesus, as we realign some things today, we ask you to remind us of all the beauty. Oh, Jesus, the beauty of the balance of life. And having you in truth is not enough. We must be a spirited people. We must be a spirit-filled people. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Everyone said amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. The hardest thing to surrender, thank you, is the human will. Amen. I think that's why that's the last thing that Jesus records of his encounter in the Garden of Gethsemane is that he said, not my will, but thine be done. Because human will is so strong. Anybody know some stubborn people? Amen. If you didn't raise your hand, you're probably the stubborn person. People with strong wills. Amen. Anybody raise a strong-willed child? You know what it's like to have uh, someone who has a very strong personality. And they can rub you the wrong way very easily. But the truth of the matter is they're just very individual. They believe they are right. They, they think they're right. You may have heard the, the famous quote that anyone driving faster than you is a maniac. And anyone driving slower than you is an idiot. <laughs> have you ever heard that quote? It's because we just feel like we're right all the time. Amen? We have a very strong will. We think that... We understand things. And so the overwhelming evidence is that each one of us can live a life where our opinion is the only one that matters. Or we can understand that our opinion may not always be the right opinion. And our will may lead us to places that are not God's will. Amen? So we have to know that there are people and there are places of truth that we need to find and seek after in order to change our opinion and change our will on certain things. The power of a life that's lived with balance is that you not only know that you know some things, but you also know that you don't know some things. Amen? And the more you learn, some people have said, the more I know, the more I realize I don't know.
And so we have to understand that we are people that are constantly students. Amen. We need to sit regularly at the feet of Jesus and learn of his word and learn from his spirit and learn from God. Amen. You cannot find joy in life without being a student of balance. It's a fact. Did you, under, did, did you know that everything that you and I perceive to be beautiful is often because it is something of balance? The per, um, Well, I, I don't know if I want to say that right away because I really feel like the purpose of God is such a nebulous concept for some people. But the purposes of God will never be in a place where there's not balance in your life. And I want you to know that I'm not referring to times whenever God calls you to do extravagant things for the kingdom. I'm not referring to those times. I'm saying those things, the times when he says, launch out, the times when he says, Peter, step out of the boat, the times when he gives permission for you to go to places that seem extravagant in the kingdom of God, that is in his purpose, but his purpose is always going to be a balanced mission for your life. Amen? So you can find lasting joy, you can find peace, and you can find wonderful, beautiful things in life through the purpose of God, through the plan of God. Everything we find beautiful is because of balance. Um, amazing athletes are impressive because of great balance, amen? Beautiful things in life are, are beautiful because of balance. Did you know that there are some people that are photogenic? Anybody in here photogenic? You didn't raise your hand because you don't want to admit it. Maybe not, but there's a few of you that are photogenic in here. I know you are. Did you know that the reason why you're photogenic is because your face has balance to it? It's like, well, I'm not photogenic, so that means my face is very unbalanced. That's not what I'm trying to say, okay? Don't go home and tell your friends that pastor said I'm ugly. I really didn't say that. But the truth of the matter is there is something called the canon of beauty, and there is something called the canon of ugliness. And when you find that balance actually creates beauty, you know that there's, there, there, there's a strangeness about this relationship between beauty and balance in our lives. If you take your finger and just put it by your ear, just go ahead and do one of these. Just you know, help me out here just for a minute. Just do one of these. Put your, put your thumb down below, make a gun, and then put your finger up to the top of your ear, and then put your thumb right at the bottom of your ear. Now take that and put it on your nose. It should be the exact size of your nose. How many did that? Did your finger go to the bridge of your nose from your ear? If that's the case, you are a very balanced individual. Did you know if you take your finger, do the same thing for your eye and put your thumb right here. And then you take that and you put it underneath your nose, underneath your chin. It should go to the top of your lip. If you put it here, let's see, where was the other one? If you put it here on your ear, it should be the width of your ear. That's called the canon of beauty. You are a balanced individual if that all worked for you. If that didn't work for you, well, we're praying. We're praying for you. I know I have features that don't fit either. So I'm, but the thing about balance that's so beautiful is it tugs on the heart when you see something that's balanced. How many have watched somebody handle a situation where they could have easily popped off? They could have easily gone off on a person and had right to do it and had grounds to do it, but they kept their calm and their cool and they kept their balance. And you went, that was impressive. And you respected that person 
not for the fact that they had every right and they were in the right to do something about it and to go off about it and they were maybe even injusticed by it or or, or they were offended by it. They could have been. But they stood there and they said, you know what? We're going to take this down a notch. We're going to handle this with cool heads. In fact, you get paid more if you can handle situations with a cool head, with balance. Everything we see in life is about balance. And so we see someone that does something that's just. How many have had their heartstrings tugged when you watch an imbalance made right? How many have ever watched a story? I was listening to the radio this week and there was a woman that came on there and she talked about how 2016 was so horrible for her. And she listed different things, different events that happened in her life. And she said, this year I, 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 got, in a, I got a divorce and it just, uh, those years of being with somebody just crumbled and fell apart at the beginning of the year. And then this happened and that happened. And it was just one train wreck after another, really. And then she got toward the end of the year and she said she lost her grandson in a tragic accident. By this time, the radio announcers are just like, oh my, oh Lord. And they're just like feeling the weight of this woman's world in 2016. And then she got to the end and she said, but just the other day at work, and you could hear her voice kind of crackle as she began to break up on the other end. She said, a young girl that's a very good friend of mine that I've kind of been a mother to came up to me and she handed me a picture and, she, and I looked down, and it was the picture of an ultrasound of a baby. And this girl, her parents had, she lost her parents when she was very young, and she had no parents. And she handed the picture to her, and she said, would you be grandma? You just felt what I felt. Do you see? The balance of making something that was horrible in her life, making it right by that one act of kindness, turns everything to something beautiful amen and i don't know about you because this is church and i'm not just preaching psychology or something that makes you feel good but i was in a place where i was down and i was out and there was no way i could handle my own sin on my own amen i didn't have the willpower or the capabilities to take care of it by myself but there was one who stepped in that rebalanced the scales amen there was one that stepped in and became my counterweight that lifted me out of my sin and lifted me out of my struggle and brought me me to a place where I was safe and on solid ground. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but the cross of Christ is the greatest counterweight for any life. It changes the entire situation. Uh, there's a weight, there, there, there's a building that's being brought um, up over here that's being built a project it's very large right in this area and they put this huge crane over top of it and the crane was just so high I couldn't quite understand why they needed a crane that was that big but as they began to work on the project and as the building began to grow I was like whoa that building's getting tall wait a minute whoa and when they got done the crane was still taller than the project but it just seemed like the crane was not necessary and when I began to look there was all this weight hanging off the back of the crane and that that weight allows that crane to lift things way out on the end of that arm when it's working and it's a counterweight for what's going on and you have to understand that the church of Jesus Christ is your counterweight to life and the power of God in his spirit is your counterweight to situations in life I feel the Holy Ghost preaching right now some of us go through things that we didn't choose on our own some of us go through things that our poor willpower caused us to choose and we have consequences 
consequences from it. But while you're in the middle of it, I want to tell you, there's a God who's sitting above it all and he can lift you up and he has the ability, the counterweight to conquer everything that is holding you down. What's pushing on you is no match for the power of God Almighty to lift you out of it. And not only is he able to lift you out of every sin, every struggle, every trial, it's beautiful when he does that work. He counterweights and balances everything in our life. The beauty of balance is so pulchritudinous. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, vocab word, look it up. I'm not going to spell it. Because in our house, when we drop a vocab word, we're supposed to spell it and we get two points. So pastor one, congregation nothing. Hey, all right. Y'all can hit me up later. I mean, we have fellowship afterwards if you want to drop some vocab words. Do you know what it means? <laughs> of course, Dean would know how to spell it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. The pulchritudity of the power of God. It just means extreme beauty is what it means. Something that's just absolutely gorgeous. Pulchritudinous. There you go, the word for the day. Prayer is the counterbalance in our life. Amen, somebody. Work of the Holy Spirit and its promise to bring comfort is a counterbalance in our life. Where do you counterbalance stress? Your stress is counterbalanced in his rest. Oh yeah, we're going to hit this right here. I've had to be strong for so long at times that I didn't realize that it wasn't really me that was getting me through, amen? But it was the power of God that was counterbalancing things I didn't see him working on. I didn't know how weak I was at times, but he would reach down and he would lift me out of things that I needed to be lifted out of. Yes, we've covered that point, but there are some things that we need to let go of. Amen? There are some things that we hold on to that weighed us down. The sins maybe that so easily, the weights that so easily beset us. Not sins, but weights. And there's 10 things I want to give you real quick that I want you to know um, if my... If I'm able to, it looks like my notes got cut off, but I'm going to give you as many things as I have here. It may not be 10. It may just be some things to let go of. You need to let go of toxic people in your life. Amen. You need to let go of regretting past mistakes. You need to let go of the need to be right. Amen. You need to let go of feeling sorry for yourself. And that is all I have because the rest got cut off by my notes. So those are good, right? <laughs> Maybe that's all God wanted me to say. We rise higher because of the counterweights of the cross, amen? And so we have to understand that he's not only lifting us out, but he's able to lift things in that were not there, amen? He's able to bring resource to our situation. He, he's able to bring gifts and power and almighty things to our life that there's no way we could stumble into them or walk into them. He can give us revelation. I know there's books and books and books written about one president. 
But there's one book written about our God. And that book is so powerful that it had to be a living book because it can't be outmatched. It can't be outdone by any other written or autobiography of man. It's, it is the power of God in word. And I'm thankful for the fact that whenever I get a little down or when I get a little out or when I start to feel like maybe I need something from God, I can just get this book in my hand and start seeking the word of God. This is the way you get under, under control. This is the way you get your balance back brothers and sisters so if you ever feel a moment where you're feeling depressed or down or struggling or, or there's something that is just weighing on your mind just tell somebody give me a minute I need to catch my balance amen just give me a minute I need to catch my balance well well what do you mean well my spiritual man is weighted down today it feels like there's a cloud hanging over my head but I'm gonna open up some sunshine I'm gonna open up the word of God and I'm gonna get my balance I feel like I'm stumbling a little bit bit today but there's something that God has for me today that can reset my feet on a sure place amen somebody Jesus laid down his will so I could be lifted out of my sins and so that resource could be lifted in when it was something that was training me in the struggle see sometimes we pray for God to take things away and we are actually praying against his will because the struggle is what is making us stronger. There are people that are living life right now, in, in, in I'll just say in America, because I don't know what goes on in Europe and other places, because I don't live there. But I've met some people that fake courage and fake being strong real well, real good. But when it comes to real tragedy in their life, real struggle, they haven't been through enough of it to be the strong person they need to be. When you go through very difficult things, it builds in you an ability to be resilient and to overcome because you had to. You had no choice. And what we're struggling with today is, is an entire culture that's out of balance. An entire world that's out of balance, amen? We, we have so many gifts from God that we can open to counterbalance the weights, but the world's not opening them. And so what we have to do is we have to take the gifts of God and carry, that, carry it to them. And we have to present it in such a way that it's appealing and they want to open it. Because Ben, would you, can I use you for just a minute? Come on up here. Have you ever given a gift to somebody for Christmas? Now we just had, hopefully you got some good gifts. Amen. Did anybody get some Munster cheese for Christmas? Anybody get some bad coffee? No? <laughs> Just like, you know, those, those spiteful gifts where you give somebody a really bad gift? Got some coal? No, he didn't. I know he's been good. Now, this gift looks nice, right? Would you take that? Now, say I give this gift to Ben. Now, I've spent eight months turning my ear toward everything that Ben said. Oh, I would really like that. I want that. I think I, yeah, I'd like that. And I've been watching for everything he says he wants to see if it's in my budget <laughs> for Christmas. Hello, somebody with a budget. And now I found this thing that he really wants. It was in my budget. And no, it's not a necklace. Don't, don't. <laughs> it, was right in, it was right in my budget. Now, I'm super excited because I know he wants it. I've done my, I've done my homework. And now I've handed it to him. Now, what if he doesn't open it? He just decides, ah, oh, that's a nice gift. 
Yeah. Yeah. He says, thank you. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I'm like, well, what, what, well, why aren't you going to open that? No? Oh, it's a good gift. What? I just gave you a gift that I worked for several months to make sure you'd like it, and you're not going to open it? I already have one. But how do you even know you already have one? You don't even know what's in there. What if I put like a big old fat roll of hundreds in there? You'd be ready, you'd be ready to open that bad boy up. <laughs> oh, somebody else wants to give now. What? Are you sure you don't want to open it? I'd like for you to open it here. Is that, can you open it? No, you don't have time? Do you know that's a gift from me? No, this is a gift from me. Yeah. Now do you want to open it? No? That's a gift? What if, what if I told you it was a very expensive gift? Oh, okay. No more ad libbing. Let's <laughs> give him a big hand. He did good. That's what it's like whenever you have the gift of the Holy Ghost and you never open it. It's not only unfulfilling to you, it's unfulfilling to the one who sacrificed so much to give it to you. So it's got to hurt the heart of the Lord, right? When we have all these gifts given to us and people are like, yeah, I, I, I see that. I see he gave the gift of the Holy Ghost. I see he gave the gift of grace. But I don't think that grace is enough for me. You didn't open the gift of grace to find out. You see what I'm saying? And so there's an imbalance in the church today because they believe that the Holy Ghost is just an additional gift. When really God died so that you could have it in your life every day. And I want to see you wear it. And I want to see the joy of you enjoying it. And I want to see all those good things. You rob God of something beautiful when you live an imbalanced life in the Spirit. When you don't have all of his gifts unwrapped. Do you see what I'm saying? Maybe that's not the best of illustrations, but it's all I got today. So that's the best illustration I had for this sermon. The other thing is that we have in our culture these dopamine devices. There is a drug in the human brain that's released when you gamble, when you drink, when you smoke, and when you text or you're on social media. Your brain doesn't know the difference. Anybody ever been down or sad and you text like 10 people? Hi, 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 hi. And someone hits you back, you're like, someone replied. And you feel happy. That's dopamine coming from your brain that you had an expectation that was then met. It only happens with devices, of, with our cell phones, on social media. That's why it's tragic when younger people get unfriended. It's trauma when they're unfriended. And they post stuff to Instagram and they do Snapchats. And when people don't open them fast enough, they're like, what did I do wrong? Do they not like me? And they, and they just happen to not have their phone on them, which I know is a shocker that they don't have their phone on them. But that's what's happening. And in our culture, what we're seeing is not only the millennials, the younger people, the people born after 1984 are heavily influenced by their 
technology, their, their media and their social media and their phones. But we're seeing it now move into the baby boomers where they're getting on Facebook. That's why all of y'all got off Facebook because they're all getting on Facebook. And now what we're watching is we're watching several things happen. Number one, it's the technology is affecting us. Our brains are rewiring and hardwiring to that dopamine fix. So people are actually addicted to social media. And the science is in. We know this. The science is in now. The more time you spend on Facebook, the more chances you are to be depressed because you're only seeing the highlights of somebody's life. I know this is just the basic teaching. I'm trying to show you we are out of balance. And our technology is causing this out of balance. So nothing, phones are not bad. Social media is not in itself bad. But it, when it's out of balance, it hurts us. It not only rewires the brain, but it also damages your life to the sin, in the sense that you don't have a proper understanding of reality because you live in a place that's not reality all the time. You're always on your phone. You're always out in social media. You're always doing something where you're not here. If you cannot sit down with people and have a dinner at a table and not be texting somebody that's not there, you have a problem and you're out of balance. And an imbalance brings destruction. And it will always cost you more than you thought it would. And it will always hurt you more than you thought it would. So the thing is, technology is a problem, obviously, that can cause imbalance. Also, something that can cause imbalance is the impatience of our world today. We are so click happy. Click it and get it. That's how we work. Amazon delivers tomorrow. We can order right now. I can take my phone out and deliver something right now. Tomorrow. You, it's not like that with God. It's not like that in meaningful relationships. It's not like that in job fulfillment. I know someone that came to their HR department and they were just out of college, very bright, very, and, and yes, it was a millennial and they're considered lazy and self-absorbed and all of these other words, but really they're idealistic and they want to make an impact, whatever that means, make an impact. And they want to have purpose, great, I love purpose. I, I, I want everybody to have purpose in their life, but comes to their HR department, sits down for their meeting and HR asks, how's it going? And, and they said, well, I found out about this, of course, through a, a source. But they said, well, I don't, I, I don't know if I'm going to stay. I just don't feel like I'm making an impact. And the HR department head, very wise, said, what? Why? But you've only been here eight months. <laughs> See, to, to a lot of people, making an impact is the summit where they want to go. And they're standing at the base of the mountain. And there's still a mountain to climb. You can make that climb quicker sometimes with technology. You can make that climb faster if you have a mentor. You can make that climb faster if you have skill sets that have been built into you from college or training. But you will always have to climb the mountain. And so what happens is because we're so impatient, we're such a microwave society, that when we come to God, we ask him for things and expect it to be delivered to our front door tomorrow. And the impatience has caused us not to have a strong enough will to wait for God's great blessings. And it hinders, that imbalance hinders deep, meaningful relationships. Because love and connection in a relationship is messy 
It's meandering. Building a church is hard work. It's messy. It's meandering. There are times where it feels long and arduous, but you have to do it because the great things in life take great sacrifice. Oh my goodness. And you need to know that because this world is selling our younger people as well are being sold the bill of goods that you can have it if you want it. They were raised on, not my words, poor parenting strategies where if you want it, honey, you can get it. And then they also have parents that push on their teachers to get them into AP classes that they don't have enough strength of mind to be in. And then because their, teach, their parents are so difficult with the teacher, the teacher literally gives that child an A just so they don't have to deal with those irate parents. And then they get out of college and they go into the work world and all of a sudden they find out your mom can't get you a promotion and you don't get to have everything you want just because you want it. And things are difficult and you have to work for the best things in life. The best things take difficult struggle. And they were raised with participation awards. You came in last, but you got a, a medal. Psychology has already told us that that was damaging. Because it not only it has a reverse effect, Brother Dean. It not only hurts the person that, that got an award for coming in last, but it embarrasses them because they know they didn't put the work in that a person that should have got the award would have gotten. And so it has the counter effect. Because it's out of balance, Rob. It's out of balance. And so whenever I feel like I'm leaning to one side, or when I feel like I'm down a little bit, I know that God's promises are sure. And I have to pull myself out of the things that I feel are weighing me down with the lifting power of God. He said, if any will draw near to me, I will lift them up. When I, he said, when I be, if I be lifted up from the earth, talking about the cross, he was talking about when he dies on the cross, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. He has the ability to draw us, amen? He has the ability to pick us up out of our imbalances. I don't care what your imbalances has caused you. We know that imbalances in the body cause disease and cause death. Amen? They cause all kinds of problems. Nervous system problems. Muscular problems. Just get out of balance and throw your back out and find out what skeletal problems you'll have if you get out of balance. There's, there's no way that you can live life without understanding that an imbalanced life is going to damage you. And that's why... The Holy Spirit is the greatest balancer on planet Earth. That's why we need to unwrap this gift every chance we get. There's something about not only the environment that we're in on a regular basis that can balance us, but our routines. Do you get up in the morning and seek God first? If you wake up in the morning and you have to check social media first before you say hello to your family or your friends, not friends because that's social media, but before you say hello to people that are in your house, You've got a problem. And in January 2017, we are going to get balanced. Amen? If you want to be a part of that, you'll see great things happen in your life. You need a balanced diet. Why? It's healthier for you. You need a balanced relationship with God. Why? Because it's healthy for you. Spirit affects the body. Amen? And when the spirit is moving in here, it affects the body. And the Bible says that while he's talking to a woman in a complete mess, 
Her life is just completely destroyed. He said, I can lift you out of that because I'm the resurrection and the life. But I can also bring into your life something that made that little woman an evangelist in Samaria before Philip got there. He took a mess and turned her into a message. I was making fun of it earlier, but it's good, right? He took that and he said, the way you know that there are true worship, there's true worship in your life, is if there's a balance between spirit and truth. You can have too much truth, right? All the law, regulations, you've got to do this, you've got to do this, you've got to line up to this, this is the law, this is the way it goes. If you don't do this, God hates you. How many of you have ever been there before? That is, that is the worst case scenario of being too far into truth. Because the truth of the matter is, it could be right. It's facts. If they have the facts right, some people are just whacked. You know, they're just crazy. And they get way too far off in that legalism side of things. But the reason why they get too far off is because they don't have the other side, which is spirit. Spirit is where you feel things, where you have compassion, where you sense God, where you, where you have discernment. All those things get left out if you go into truth so heavy that it's all about what rules must I do to be saved. But if you get over here and you feel God, you realize that God will reach somebody no matter their lifestyle. God's willing to use great grace on somebody's life. Yes, you have to have truth. Repent, be baptized in Jesus' name, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Yes, that is necessary for salvation. But why would you beat somebody over the head with it yes. when you know that God can be found in love greater than he can be found in litigation or legalism? So you have to have a balance between the both. You have to have spirited worship in a church. We all need to be a part of that. When we come here, we should be lifting our hands. We should be enjoying God's presence. But when we get to preaching truth, we need to have the word of God be something that teaches us and is meaty enough to fill us for the week. Amen.